The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Gone in 60 Seconds. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. Uh, what are you drinking today? A nice cold Coors Light. All right. Uh, also joining us today is Mugga. What up, Mugs? What's up? What are you drinking today? I actually got a raspberry White Claw. I think it's the first time I've ever had this flavor. Yeah, it's not bad. Cool. Uh, joining us today is Erica. What up, Erica? Hi, Kerwin. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking a Mick Ultra Slim Can Sundays. All right. And rounding out the panel today is Holly. Holly, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. What are you drinking today? I've got a Mango Truly. Cool. All right. So today we are talking about Gone in 60 Seconds. It was released June 9th, 2000. It stars Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, Giovanni Ribisi, Delroy Lindo, Will Patton, Christopher Eccleston, Chai McBride, Robert Duvall, Vinnie Jones, Scott Kahn, TJ Cross, James Duvall, Timothy Oliphant, and Master P. It's directed by Dominic Cena, written by Scott Rosenberg. It's produced by Jerry Bruckheimer Films and Touchstone Pictures, and it's distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. So before we get into behind the scenes, Mugga, why don't you hit us with the financials? All right, so this movie uh, started off as a production budget of $90 million, which I thought was really high for 2000s. Domestically, it had a little over $101 million, um, around $136, $135 uh, foreign. So if you combine that all together, this made worldwide $237 million which is, was very, very successful. Um, I have what was in theaters the weekend it came out. Um, it did top out at number one with a little over 25 million. Some interesting movies, I'm just gonna go down the list. Number seven, Road Trip, did you guys ever see that? No, yes. you never saw Road Trip? Um, no. Gladiator was still in theaters. This was its sixth week. That was at number five. Um, movie called Frequency. Did you guys ever see that one? Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. it, but I, I saw it. I was just graduating high school like, in 2000, so this is when like I was going to movies with all my friends. I remember all these. Um, Toy Story 2 was still in theaters. That was on its 30th week, and also American Psycho. That was on its ninth week. But Ooh. a movie that was number two uh, is a movie that we've all done a podcast on. I wanted you guys to try to see if you can guess. Shrek. Nope. No, what year? Well, we didn't do. So this is in June of 2000. In its third week, and it's a movie we've done a podcast on. What came out in 2000? Matrix? Not The Matrix. You're close. You're killing me, man. I mean, uh, it's, it's just how we base the ending of every every podcast oh, on. Oh, Oblivion. Uh, Oblivion. No, no, not Oblivion, no. Mission, Mission Impossible, Impossible 2, Impossible. though. Oh, number yeah. 2 was out, yeah. So that came in. Um, I do also have, if you guys want to go down the list, where this ranks according to adjusted ticket prices for the top 10 Nicolas Cage films. Where do you guys think this one ranks? Because I, I disagree with... We've I mean, heard, I can't disagree. Agree with it. We have, yeah. But I, I can't if disagree with it because this is all numbers. But this ranks as number eight, which I feel like is very low. I think this is one of his better films. I um, um, Obviously, we know National Treasure. The Rock is number two. Con Air is six. Ooh, yeah. I think this beats Con Air. Oh, well, it's not. This is number eight. Uh, Ghost Rider is nine, and City of Angels is ten. City so, of Angels, my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Face Off, number four. But yeah, I know it's a very successful movie. It brought in a lot. But yeah, that, those are the financials. Did you say Lord of War on there too? Or? Lord of War is it's it's obviously a Nicholas, but it's not one of his top ten oh, okay. as far as ticket prices. Yeah, Jason, uh, why don't you tell us what the people thought of this movie? So according to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the critics, <laughs> it's pretty sad. Twenty five percent of them liked it. Uh, the average rating was a four point four two out of ten. Uh, with the audience was a 77. So 77% of the audience gave it a 3.5 out of 5 or higher. It's a 52% 
differential, right? Isn't that nuts, dude? That's crazy. I mean, where do you guys agree with? I mean, are you more of the audience or the audience, critics? Audience, 100%. Audience. What was the average critic score? Average critic score was 4.42 out of 10. I'd be higher than that. Yeah, for sure. And then the average rating from the audience was a 3.91 with uh, 955,000 votes. So, and again, like 77% of them gave it a 3.5 or higher. I'm more with the audience on this. This is a huge disparity. I feel yeah. like, you know, a lot of times, especially some of the movies we've done recently, it's like a few percentage points, typically within 10 that you see between the audience and the critics. But this is huge. I got to read some of these uh, reviews <laughs> on yes. Rotten Tomatoes. They're, they're pretty hilarious. Uh, one of them was Comfortably Cheesy, a real beer in hand pizza movie. Um, I like that. I kind of like that one, too. This one gave it a fresh score. And they said, check your brain at the door. Enjoy the popcorn. Um, and this one gave it a rotten rating uh, for car lovers and lovers of truly bad films only. So, oh, yeah. Kinda Are you sad. sure they're not confused with Fast and the Furious? Uh, okay, first of all, that that movie's an emotional roller coaster. I'm just kidding. First of all, <laughs> first of all, uh, IMDb uh, they gave it a 6.5 out of 10 with a 248 thousand reviews. Um, I looked at the demos again for this one, and it was pretty close most of the time. I think the females ranked it a little higher under 18, but there was only like a couple votes. So I'm kind of discounting that, but uh, 6.5 out of 10. So IMDb, I think was closer obviously to the audience score than the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, cool. So uh, let's get into behind the scenes. Uh, what do you got, Jason? All right, so I was going to wear my leather jacket. If we could play a little rider, I'll be playing it right now. Let's ride. You guys ready? <laughs> okay. Fun fact, we play that before we started this podcast. Just to get in the mood, in the zone. I don't know if you guys knew this, and I kind of knew this, that it was a remake. Yes, I knew yeah. that. So I, I did not know that until I did the research. Oh. Yeah, so it's weird because I have, on Amazon, it, it keeps popping up that Gone in 60 Seconds is there, right. on, available to watch, I think, through Amazon Prime. But I look at the picture, and it's not the Gone in 60 Seconds picture. It's the, it's the original. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So the director, his name is uh, Henry Blight Halicki. Yes. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sorry if I'm butchering it. We're going to call him HB from here on out. H okay. Yeah, that's what he goes by. HB or Toby? Toby! Yeah. <laughs> so he was... <laughs> what is your name? <laughs> Toby. <laughs> so yeah, he goes by Toby or HB. So I'm going to say HB, I think, for most of I this. I like Toby better. You like Toby? I like Toby because of the office. All right. Well, that's his nickname is Toby. I'll, I'll try to say Toby if you want. Uh, so Toby was an American director, writer, stunt driver, actor, and filmmaker. So on the original Gone in 60 Seconds, he starred, he wrote it, he produced it, and he directed. Uh, it came out in 1974. Real Tommy Wiseau, if you will. Kind of. That's Elizabeth and I were talking, too, and that's kind of like what it reminded me of as well. Um, so he did most of his own stunts. Uh, just a little about him. He was killed in an accident while filming Gone in 60 Seconds 2 in 1989 kind of a weird freak accident. Uh, they were filming a stunt, and uh, from what I read, it was there was this cable connected to, I believe it was a water tower and a telephone pole. And The telephone pole is what killed him, right? Yeah, so somehow the cable snapped, and the telephone pole fell onto him, and he died instantly. So it wasn't even him doing a stunt. It was just this freak accident of them trying to film the scene. No, I read somewhere that in the first Gone in 60 Seconds, you know how in the remake, when Nick Cage makes that jump over the cars and stuff in Eleanor? Uh -huh. So when they did that in the original one, he suffered a compressed spine from the impact of that stunt or something I'm like gonna that. I'm going to be honest. Uh, you're still in my thunder a little bit here, oh, Erica. Oh, I'm sorry. So I was going to get to that. Just let me finish. 
I've been seeing thunder all day. <laughs> yeah, he had a, like 10 or 12 vertebrae like compressed in his spine because he actually did that. I think it was like a 128 foot jump that they did in the original. And uh, yeah, he, he did it himself. But yeah, his, his vertebrae got compressed. Jesus and I think Christ. from there on out, he actually walked with a limp because of that wow. stunt. Yeah, it's crazy. This movie never got made then, right? Gone in C Seconds 2, right? It's available to watch. Oh, there is? Yeah, I didn't, again, I've never uh, seen the original. Or this one, yeah. Or this one, but... But I heard there was like four movies they did. Am I wrong on that? No, no, I think you're right, because I think there was one called The Junk Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that was originally supposed to be the sequel to the original okay. Gone in Seconds, but uh, yeah, he did do, he did about four movies. Um, and then just kind of sum up his life a little bit, uh, wishing to preserve his legacy. Um, so his his wife now widowed when he passed away, Denise Halicki. She approached Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, I believe in 1995, about doing another remake to kind of preserve the legacy of Toby. Okay, so a little bit about the director of the original. Toby was born in a Polish-American family in uh, Dunkirk, New York in 1940. Uh, he was one of... 13 children. Wow. Jesus. That's a lot of kids, huh? They were busy. It's um, kind of bathroom. <laughs> Toby was, uh, started driving at a young age, and uh, he developed um, a pretty extensive knowledge of cars around age 10. When he was a teenager, he lost both of his brothers. Uh, they passed away. And at this point, Toby decided to move to California with one of his uncles. So he, start, he started his own impound and towing business. Uh, Haliki Mercantile Company and Junkyard. Um, he had a ton of like antique, rare automobiles and then he had a huge toy collection, I guess, too. A little bit about the original movie. Um, there was no official script. There was just a lot of pages that kind of outlined the main dialogue sequences. A lot of the action and dialogue was improvised and ad-libbed by the cast and crew. But you can imagine not having a script or like any like defined outline. It caused a lot of problems for the editor. Uh, his name was Warner Lighton, who never knew what footage was going to be dumped on him or where in the movie like some of this stuff belonged. And that's back when editing was like... Yeah, just had the actual strips, right? I would imagine it's a nightmare. I I can't imagine. I mean, it, it must yeah, it just must have been a nightmare on set. So similar to some of the other movies, kind of like uh, I think Strike Back and a couple of the movies we've done, like Haliki employed a lot of his family and friends instead of professional actors, kind of cut down on the cost uh, to play parts in the movie and keep the budget low. And then the characters depicted as being members of the emergency service were actual police. They had actual firemen. They had actual paramedics. So we were talking about this earlier, Erica. On the final jump of the movie, kind of similar to the remake, uh, Haliki compacted 10 of his vertebrae performing the 128-foot-long jump at the finale. And like I said, he always had a limp afterwards. So Toby would go on to do other films, such as The Junk Man. I think The Junk Man was supposed to be the sequel to this movie. Um, he also did other movies such as Deadline Auto Theft and Deadly Addiction, as well as Gone in 60 Seconds 2. Uh, Haliki married Denise Shakirian in 1989, shortly before he began filming uh, the second installment of Gone in 60 Seconds, which both of them were actually supposed to star in. Uh, Haliki brought over 400 automobiles to destroy in the film. 400? 400 for car chases and the storyline. On the set of filming Gone 60 Seconds 2 on August 20th, 1989, while filming in, uh, in New York, I think it was the city of Buffalo, Toby was preparing for one of the, the big sequences in the film during which a 160-foot-tall water tower was supposed to topple on the ground. When a cable attached to the tower snapped, 
it sheared, it like cut in half a telephone pole and fell on Haliki. And that's how he passed away. He, he died instantly after it falling on him. Um, after his passing, once he died, uh, his wife, Denise, was left all the rights to the films as well as Eleanor, that, that term for the car. Um, for years, Denise wanted to finish what her husband started. So I read two different things on this part. So I read that she approached Jerry Bruckheimer and then on IMDb, I think it says Jerry Bruckheimer approached her about doing a remake. So I'm not sure what huh. is true, but I read both. I read that she approached Jerry Bruckheimer. Okay. But I, I again, no, I, I could be wrong as well. And then uh, they share the same name, um, but they don't really consider this a reboot. It was more of like a tribute to Toby. Her husband. Yeah. So just knowing that there's a prequel to, or like an original and this is a remake, I just wanted to point out some of the interesting similarities between the two films. I got four. You got four? Okay, what do you got, Muggs? No, no, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, that's what I read, too. I think you're going to hit us, but there's, like, the exact similarity between the film that we are reviewing as the old one, right? Yeah, so I have a few. One is with Mirror Man. Do you have that one? No, I don't. Uh, he's talking to a clerk at the impound yard, uh, the, you know, when they go to steal the Mercedes. Yes, 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 Yeah, yes, so, yes. like, the the other keys, the other Mercedes are, like, they're, they're being watched, so, like, fuck, we got to go, like, do something else. So they decide to go to the police impound yard. I guess there is a sign... Um, that reads, if you leave your car unlocked, it will be gone in 60 seconds. And I guess that same sign was used in the original. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so that, I thought it was kind of cool. The location of Eleanor. So I guess in the 1974 version as well, it was parked at the International Towers in Long Beach. So kind of similar to the first one. The scene in, in the movie where the whole crew has to get Detective Delroy Lindo to blow away the drug evidence with a car exhaust. Yeah, I got one, that yeah. One, yeah. They, they, they both films use an El Dorado Cadillac, right? Yeah. 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 So I thought it was completely like kind of off the wall in regards to the plot. This scene is not completely crazy to the plot of this movie. Like, it kind of makes sense. But yeah, they, they use the same kind of car. One of the earlier drafts of the script uh, included various things from Gone 60 Seconds. For example, Memphis, uh, played by Nicolas Cage, puts on a disguise. So, like, in this movie that we're reviewing, like, he doesn't put on any kind of disguise at all. He but gelled I, his hair back. He did. Oh, and he has a leather jacket. <laughs> and his leather jacket. And they listen to that ridiculous song of Lowrider. But in this movie, they actually put on masks to look like old men to go steal Eleanor. They and did it, for the police impound lot. They put on masks. I guess they do. I guess for that part, they do. But well, I they're guess, literally stealing from an impound lot, so that would make sense. But yeah. yeah but I, when they steal Eleanor, I guess, in the original, again, I've never seen the original, nor have I seen this Gone 60 Seconds 2. Right. But um, I guess they put on, they put on masks. And then... Uh, this is a weird thing, like Sphinx. Did you read about that one too? Well, what do you mean? Is there a similarity? I know why he was originally called Sphinx. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, take that. Yeah, no, no. He, he's supposed to have no nose. And that's why they're going to call him Sphinx. Oh. Isn't that kind of weird? And, yeah. then, and he was going to be uh, showcased by having glasses on with a nose that would like fill in, right? And that's what he would wear. But yeah, they end up changing his character like completely, obviously, to what you see in that movie. Huh. But, and then, Gladiator knows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, really taken away from the movie. Um, and then Eleanor, the the car, is the only main character that was carried over from the original. Yeah. So the, what I read is that there's four big similarities. One being the El Dorado, but the other one is just being the name itself. This is gone in six seconds. And then they also, I guess, in the original one, used the female names for the code names of the cars. Mm -hmm. And then also the whole Eleanor concept. They, they, the, the one that they end with is an Eleanor, which is a big deal because doesn't the wife had all the 
rights, and that caused a controversy down the road after this movie was made, right? Which we'll get into. With, with Shelby, uh, yeah. like they had a that that name was trademarked, I believe. So Eleanor. I believe Shelby went. There was a, such a high demand for these. What is it? A GT five hundred? Is that yeah, what it is? A Shelby it's a, it's GT a Shelby GT five hundred. It's a Ford Mustang, but it's a Shelby GT five hundred. So I, after this movie, the demand for these went up yeah. tremendously. But the wife still had the rights. Yeah. And I think if I'm wrong on this. They made an Eleanor edition after this movie, and because of that, the wife was like, "No, you can't do that," and filed a lawsuit yeah, against well, Ford or Shelby, or if not both, I don't know. Well, I read somewhere that Eleanor actually was not a Shelby GT500. Shelby Automotive did not ever make that style of a car. Eleanor is actually modeled after the 1967 Ford Mustang Fastbacks. So if you look at if you Google image of Ford Fastback or Mustang Fastback, it looks exactly like Eleanor. So after they released this movie. They had a bunch of like small engineering factories actually replicate this car, but since Haliki's wife had the rights to Eleanor, it caused a lot of legal controversy with it, and the only people that could replicate Eleanor was Classic Recreations, which was another car company. Oh, wow. And so when they did that, it was no longer called a Shelby GT500 because, like I said, that never really existed. It was now licensed and labeled as Gone in 60 Seconds, Eleanor. Wow, that's crazy. Have you seen the pictures for the original Mustang that was Eleanor yes. in the first one? It's like a 1971, yes. I believe, and it looks Ugly. like garbage. It's terrible. It's awful. 1971 is a terrible year for Ford. And it was <laughs> and it was yellow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it Kerwin's pulling up a picture. It just does not look good. Um because again, we're, we're kind of jumping ahead, but I don't know if you guys know who Chip Foos is, but He's like, no. you know who Chip Foose is? Chip Foose? Foose? No. no? no. F O O S E? Doesn't ring a bell? Like Foosball? Foose. Foose. Foosball. Chip Foose. Okay, well, he's a. <laughs> Chip Foose. He's Nominous. huge into modifying classic automobiles. Like, he's huge into it. So, Chip Foose was actually the one that um, styled the Eleanor we see in the movie, the yeah. GT500. Um, everything from the hood scoops to like the lip on the front, the lip on the back tailgate. They have like fog lights installed. Like he made everything from like fiberglass on this Eleanor that we see in the movie. But Chip Foose is like a huge, huge name like in the community of like restoring and modifying classic huh. cars. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed you guys don't know who that name is. But I should sorry. know that. Why do you got such a chip on your shoulder? Oh, one. Use a Foose for that one. I don't know. I'm gonna challenge you a game of foosball <laughs> later. Um, but anyway, let's keep moving. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the cast a little bit. If you guys have anything, please chime in. But can I get one more thing? No, I, I just looking no, 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 no. All right, go ahead. One more thing. I was looking up because the box office for this original only 150 thousand to create or to make, and this made over 40 million. It was like a big success, like a huge success. That's why he went on. But like, yeah. he did it in the style of like getting his own friends and like actual policemen they and ambulance people workers. People just on the streets. I'm yeah. reading his extras and all that. That's yeah, crazy. it's nuts. Yeah, it was a huge. That's why he went on again. I think the idea was the Junk Man was, which came out after this, was supposed to be the second installment of Gone in 60 Seconds originally because it was a huge, yes. huge success. So again, to move on to the cast, so we got to talk about Nick Cage. Yep. So I watched a uh, YouTube kind of behind the scenes, uh, showed like um, a lot of the stunts they did. I didn't know this, but he really did a lot of his own stunts. Yeah, in he this. went to like driving school. He went to three. He went to three, three different driving, driving schools. schools. Yeah. So he attended um, the Bounderant. That's the main one, right? Yeah, and that, that one's went. in Phoenix. Yes. And then uh, the Bobby Orr Stunt Driving School. And then what was, do you know? Willow the Springs was the third Willow one. Willow Springs, yeah. okay. 
And he loved it, I guess. I think he really well, enjoyed and it. And I heard they wanted him to do basically all of the driving stunts, but because of insurance reasons, studios and all that, the part where they're going excessively fast, and I don't, is it called the LA River that we're going to refer to it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, there's that oh, part, and there's also the jump. They would not let him do those ones. Other than that, everything you see is basically him well, driving. wasn't the rest of the cast trained as well, just not in three schools? Angelina Jolie also went to driving school. And uh, the detective, Castlebeck, Castlebeck he yeah. also went and did training too I did not as well. Know that. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, Nick Cage has a lot of the driving stunt scenes. But then I went film. down another wormhole. I guess he's a big car enthusiast as well. Like, he has his own garage of cars and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, he owns, like, so. Ferraris and Lambos and all yeah. kinds of stuff. It was a weird point, but I guess if you pause, you can see Nick Cage driving the GT500 as it does a 180-degree turn. Like I think Under it's, the bridge, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that one, and there's also one at the abandoned Navy shipyard oh. that they're redoing. I mean... He does all these stunts and it's like insane like on this YouTube video to watch because there's so many cameras and there's like lights mounted on the car, like right on the hood, like right in front of his face. Obstruct his view and everything. Yeah, it like he can barely see out of this thing, but what would you say is like 300 well, pounds, but right? He, have you guys ever driven a truck, right? You know when you have a full load, like it's a it's a different maneuvering because you're yeah. putting on pounds. Like they said that this was on average around 300 pounds. and. It's got to affect the way, you, I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of give him props to it, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just watching this. I was like so impressed. I was like, holy shit. Like not only did he do all this stuff, but then it's like his views obstructed, just all the cameras on him. I don't know. It made me, because you always kind of wonder like how much is he really doing with this stuff? Like I never knew that he did all his own stunts in this movie, but watching that, that documentary, I was like, holy shit. Like he does a lot of stuff in this. Nick Cage also says in a interview with Men's Journal that it was the most intense stunt work of his career. I mean, driving at super fast speeds down like main streets in LA and all kinds of stuff. I'm surprised to hear that because I felt like a lot of the movies that we've reviewed on here are a lot more physical. Like this is a lot more like you're driving. I know driving is very like intense mentally, but I would say like for Connor, he was his physique was ripped. Have to throw it in there. And he had, no, but he did a lot more stunts, I felt like, there. But this is, I mean, it's just a lot of driving, which in and of itself. Yeah, I feel like this is much more technical. Like yeah. This is much more skill based, and like what you're saying, Holly, Not like the rock con air. Yeah. yeah, that's more basically like him doing things. I don't know. I was like thoroughly impressed that he like went to great lengths, like not only driving school, all this stuff, to do these scenes himself. I thought it was pretty cool. One kind of funny point. <laughs> Um, You're already laughing. <laughs> yeah, Nick Nick Cage's Porsche convertible was stolen a year after this movie. Oh God! I read that somewhere too. Yeah, a few weeks later, police recovered it at the bottom of a lake. Cute. Oh. I just thought that was funny. Wow. Did he have to dial nine one one? Porsche nine eleven. Oh God! Swing and a miss. All right. Uh, Tried my best. Oh. <laughs> Tried my best. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time, Kerwin. Can't always a, appreciated. Can't get a base hit if you don't swing. <laughs> All right, so Angelina Jolie, I have a little bit on her uh, as Sway. What do you guys think about Angelina Jolie in this movie? I loved her in this movie. I just hated her hair. Her hair same. is trash. Yeah, that was one of my same. trashes. It's like this bullshit, half-ass, like a uh, dreadlock kind I of just, thing. I didn't yeah. like her style at all in this movie. Every The way she was dressed, I don't know. I mean, I like her in other movies, but... I thought I it was different know. and refreshing considering like like of the time the genre and stuff like she wasn't your stereotypical like tight tank top like short skirt like I kind of loved Jennifer that. Love Hewitt kind of right. thing right that's yeah. what I'm like saying like tomboy. she was Love just cars. like she was a girl that like knew her shit she was smart she knew what she was doing like she was the one hooking up all their Ferraris and like winking at them being condescending towards them I fucking loved it yeah like getting back to her hair uh, Angelina Jolie actually uh, got nominated for a worst on-screen hairstyle at the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. 
Did she not win? She lost to uh, John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker for uh, Battlefield Earth. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That oh was God. pretty bad, too. I need to see that. That was a shitty Pull movie. She is, like, beautiful. Like, there's that scene where she's putting on the lipstick in the car. Yeah. And, like, she just looks beautiful. But I just can't get past her hair. That's the only Those thing. Those half-assed dreadlocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is she wearing, like, these overalls that are just... I, I don't know. I'm wearing those overalls right now. No, you're going, not. You need to you're slow wearing... your roll. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just, I was kind of bummed because I thought it was an interesting choice for her to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, the hair. I, yeah. I don't mind her character. I don't mind her performance. I think, I think she's just like a smart woman doing shit. But why the hair? I just, I can't get over it. Like, I watch it and I enjoy the movie. I've watched yeah. this movie probably 20 plus times. Right. But it's like why that why that why? style every why time, that color yeah I, I ask myself every time like why why this choice I, mean, I guess maybe to make her look edgy I guess no I it washes know. her out it does serves no purpose yeah I, I didn't but like it she's phenomenal yeah she looks washed out as shit but I mean one thing I didn't know about her she she loves cars a lot um, they point out that she drove a Ford truck at this point whatever the hell that means but um, I guess she really loved cars a lot clearly and she I, drove a Ford truck she drove she drove like a Ford like <laughs> I'm reading this and I'm like. Okay, is she drives something like fancy or something yeah. rare or unique or old? And no, 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 she has a Ford well, truck. I'm like, oh, but well, cool. is it a restored Ford truck like in 1968? No, but I heard the motorcycle that she—that is true. She does ride on when you first. She, oh, I'm here for Kip, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. That's one of 300, I think, in the world of that specific motorcycle. I don't have it written down, but I did read that. Yeah, I think it's one of 300 or 400, and I think it had like 100-something horsepower, but it could go to 170, like... 170. Huh? 170 yeah. miles an hour. What is so it, like a Ducati or something? Like, no, Jesus. No, I didn't even recognize yeah. I, I didn't recognize it either, and I didn't, I didn't look it up, but it, it is like a super rare bike. But So that part's kind of cool, Cute. I guess. I mean, I guess they wrote this part specifically for her. I thought that was kind of cool. So Will Patton as Atlee Jackson... So, do you know another movie he's from? Coach Yost. Remember, Remember the, the Titans. Titans. What's another one? Remember the Titans. Okay. Uh, he's also in Armageddon, I think. So. Yes. Um, he, he wasn't cast until two days before arriving on set. What? Why? I, I don't know. Um, he, when he asked Dominic Cena, the director, uh, when he could do his homework for the role, Cena said, on set, in front of the camera, quote, Jeez. Jeez. So he literally had no time to really prep for the role. Wow. But I thought that was pretty interesting. He probably saw his Remember the Titans performance and just said, you're hired. Every time I listen to him talk in Gone in 60 Seconds, all I can think about is Coach Yost in Remember the Titans. He's they always given some sort of like deep the, speech. The night, Forever. Yeah, but I always think of Armageddon. I don't know. I always think of Armageddon. He was um, his best friend. Bruce Willis' best friend. Yeah, he was a big gambler and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, he was like, you're going to don't kill him. Don't shoot him on the And he's like, rig. he's sitting in that room when they're interviewing him and he's like, what's going on here? Well, I don't I don't like all this shit going on. I don't like these interviews. I don't like this like yeah. psychiatrist bullshit, but like he was a big gambler, but I that's what I always think of when I watch this. And I think I think he did a good job considering like he got hired like days before. You know, I bet you he's patting himself on the back. Me, I, oh he's, I see what you did there. God. I see what you did there. <laughs> Took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> Walked right I thought so into that too. One. I was just like I was thinking about what he was saying, and then I was like, "Oh, you pun city over here, sneaky yeah. mom." Uh, but yeah, I I think his performances, especially after knowing that, is a treasure. Got to talk about Raymond Calitri a little bit. Uh, I hate that name. Why? He was played by Calitri. Christopher Eccleston. Sorry, what were you saying, Erica, about him? Raymond no. Calitri. You don't like his name? I just don't like his name. Why? I don't know why. It's unique. Calitri. Fucking love it. It's distinguished. It sounds foreign. It sounds like a villain name too, Calitri. Yeah. And he sounds like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah it is. I, I tried my best. So no, I no, that was, that was a good accent. Where is he from? I appreciate that. I think this is one of his first uh, motion pictures, right? He's either uh, English or Irish. So. He's got to yeah. be. 
He's English, but I think Memphis rains. Like I love how he like talks about. When One's it rains, r- it pours. One like, rains hey. as good as another. It never <laughs> rains, but it pours. Yeah, he's just all about <laughs> it. Doesn't say goodbye. He just... sounds like really angry, aggressive. I liked him though. Um, in quotes, uh, he described this as a terrible film in which I gave a terrible performance. Really? Yeah. Fuck you, Raymond Collegiate. Now I'm on Erica's plane. They were interviewing him for Doctor Who uh, in 2005 when he said that. Um, but he said people always recognize him and say, quote, uh, you weren't gone in 60 seconds, mate. You were shit. What? And he's like, I have to laugh at that. <laughs> so that he, doesn't think, he doesn't think highly of his... I thought he did good, though, personally. Well, I mean, he went on to be the bad guy in uh, Thor The Dark World. So. Oh, that's true. He yeah. was? Did he really? He's, I have to go watch he's the bad guy in that movie. Yeah. Oh, shit. Raymond Cleetry? Who knew? I mean, has, has he done anything else that's he's notable? He's a villain. Dr. He's a villain. Pull up his IMDb. Uh, he also did not have his driver's license during the shoot. So, well, he didn't drive a car once, so that makes sense. Time. Moving on, uh, Vinny Jones as Sphinx. I mm. love this guy, man. He's... I love like, this guy. Okay, do you like his performance in this movie, or do you like him because of his roles in other movies? Like Snatch and... Prior to this, he had done Snatch. Smoking and, Barrel. What and was the name of that movie? Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I still haven't seen that. i got to watch that. It's amazing. I heard it's really good. It's good. Um, I love Snatch, though. Yeah, you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Kind of walked right in. You gotta edit that out. You gotta edit that out. Sorry, I I couldn't you help gotta myself. Look, you gotta, I love Snatch. That's yeah, gotta go somewhere it. else. Come on, man. So you're talking about Snatch? I mugs. love the Guy Ritchie movie Snatch. You were talking about Snatch mugs. What were you saying? He loves it. Kerwin <laughs> took a drink. Just, I thought he was gonna you see, shoot. You see Eric just go. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. How could you Sorry. resist that? You set her up, man. She knocks him down, man. What the fuck? But anyway. I do think about him in that light, and yeah. I think he's like the same character from those movies. But I don't know, man. I like the guy. Okay, I think you, I think he do does a like, really good job of establishing trust without saying anything, and then just like you trust that character, like yeah. just based on his actions. Do yeah. you like that they let him talk at the end? Yes. yes. No. I don't either. I, don't, I wish what? that they wouldn't no. have done it. Just just go with it, you know. I fucking loved it because he said something profound. I mean, I guess, but. I mean, I guess refute it. If he's not going to speak the entire movie, like to the point where. You know, Nick Cage calls him to recruit him. And he's gonna have him push a like a button on the phone to like kind of go with this ruse that he can't talk. Why not continue it through the fucking movie? Well, I just think it's like I think it's good because he establishes boundaries. They work within his parameters, and then at the end, he chose to say something. You know what I think the problem is, and we could talk about this in Trash and Treasure, but um, like Jay and Silent Bob, we talk about how Silent Bob doesn't speak until a crucial moment in the film, and I feel like. This guy doesn't talk until like everything's over and done with. There's had, no point in talking. Yeah, had he spoken at a crucial point in the film where the plot hinged on it, then it would have you know had much more impact. And I kind of feel it was just kind of like throwaway. Yeah. All right. Um, a couple other people want to talk about. If you guys have any others, please chime in. There was not a lot of research on this movie, so one point to talk about is Scott Kahn as Tumblr. I love this guy. I don't know if I like his role in this movie, but I love him as an actor. I think he's great. He's so funny. Like, he doesn't do much and he's hilarious yeah. to me. In this movie, it's almost like he's reserved a little bit, you know? Yeah. But I, I still think he's great. Yeah. But it's just interesting to think that, you know, or to, to point out that him and Giovanni Ribisi appeared in Boiler Room the same year. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Wow. Um, Timothy Oliphant. I like him. Yeah, I think he's a pretty good actor. Uh, one thing I did not know was that he was the first choice as Dominic Toretto in Fast and the Furious. What? what? Toretto! Wait, who does yeah, he play in this Vin movie? Yeah, that's Vin Diesel. Uh, he's like, he's Castlebeck's partner. Oh. He's the guy from Deadwood. He's also in The Girl Next Door, which he's in he plays Dead- 
the porn star, yes. porn industry producer. Yeah, he, yes. he's funny in that movie. Is he in yeah. Deadwood or is he in the no, FX in, one? He's in, no, he's in Deadwood. He's, he's in also Deadwood. Uh, he's like the main character in Deadwood. Yeah. He's also the guy that didn't call Pam back in the office. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> he owns a bar. I remember that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but no, I thought I think he did pretty good. I just thought it was pretty interesting that he was supposed to be Vin Diesel's character in uh, Fast and Furious. And then uh, William Lee Scott as Toby. Um, just something interesting to point yeah, out. Yeah, and I just put our heads down. Like, yeah. why is he in the movie? He's he's uh, he's definitely a trash for me. Yeah. Um, but the girl at the party, do you remember when they're stealing the Escalade? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. remember it. Which is funny because I watched an interview with Scott Conn. He calls it a navigator. I don't know why he fucks this up. But uh, the girl that spots Toby, uh, he ends up marrying her like two years later. Oh, really? Yeah, he actually ended up marrying her. So I thought that was pretty cool. I guess he stole her heart. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, uh, do you guys have anything else about people in the movie? Mm-mm. Are you done? Are you done with casting? I'm done with cast. Because I think we should move on to the casting of the cars. I heard that Eleanor wasn't supposed to be the GT500. It originally was supposed to be the Ford GT40. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I don't. I'm not a car guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering why that was such a big deal. They said that if they were going to go with that car, it was actually going to be so hard to film, and car enthusiasts around LA, all that area, would be upset that they're using this car. Because I think they had a total of 12 or 13 Shelbys made. So I don't know anything about this GT40. What's the big deal about this car? So have you ever seen Fast Five? I stopped after three. You seen Fast? Okay, (laughs) well, we're not talking mugs at this point. So in Fast Furious Five, um, they steal, I, b- I believe it's three cars from that train. Remember, they go in and they tear down part of one of the cars and they steal three cars. Well, the blue one that The Rock and all them are looking into, they peel apart the whole car. Yes. They break it down completely. That's a GT40. Uh, but it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars for this car. Yeah. That's why they didn't use it because okay. it was too expensive. I got one other uh, casting for this car list. Um, there is a Jaguar XJ220. But this was originally supposed to be a McLaren F1. Do you guys know what a McLaren F1 is? Yes. This this was like my favorite car back in this time frame. I think they're actually illegal in the United States because from what I remember, you drive in the middle and there's a passenger seat on your left and your right, and this makes the car actually wider. And from what I always knew that you couldn't have this in the United States mm-hmm. because of this. Am I wrong on that or am I just, that's what I heard. But I heard that they could not find anyone to loan them a McLaren F1. So therefore they had to like actually put in the Jaguar, which is still a great car. But like, yeah, I, I think it'd be so cool if they could have had a McLaren F1 in there. It would have been cool, but the Jaguar they chose is a supercar. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a supercar. And like, yeah. I remember having that Hot Wheels of yeah. that car. And I'm yeah. like, Jaguar? The Jaguar they use, yeah. it's a silver one. They pull up and it has like the four like hood scoops, like it like kind of tears yeah. up. It, it's a pretty badass car still, but I, I read that as well. But a McLaren F1 is like, that was like back, I think back then was like the, the fastest car in the 2000 era, wasn't it? Or one of the ones, it was it was so fast. Even today, I think is McLarens really? are still really, yeah. really fast. But yeah, that was kind of, if we're talking about casting, you got to talk, talk about the cars, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Also, the Porsche 996 that's at that dealership was actually a Porsche 911 because the chassis on a Porsche 911 is lighter than a 996, and it made the scene of them crashing through the dealership easier to film. Do they say the model that it is, or is I'm it written down the on the wall? Porsche is on the corner. It, it is yeah. on the wall. They, yeah. They cross Ooh, off. You're right. It might be on. You're right. Yeah. On the wall. Okay. So they, I, I, they and they actually had the Porsche builders come in and make this 911 look like the other car. That's kind of leading to my experience a little bit, but we'll get to that in a little bit. All right, to get into the production in 1995, uh, Denise, which was uh, Toby's wife, 
entered into a licensed contract to produce a remake. She won a contract with Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer, and filming began in 1999, and Denise was the executive producer. Wow. That was pretty cool. She really wanted to continue the legacy from the the first one and the, the other films that followed. One thing that I found interesting was during the production, the director, Dominic, um, he also did Swordfish, too. Do you guys like Swordfish? I like it. I like it. Never seen it. Never seen it. You have never seen Swordfish? John Travolta? John Travolta, Hugh Jackman. It's pretty cool. It's actually, yeah, I like it. Halle Berry. Halle Berry, yes. Mm -hmm. Is that the one? No, that's Monster, where she's taking off She showed her top on this one, though. Yeah. That's Monster's Ball. Monster was those Charlize Theron. Oh. Yeah, she showed her boobies in that one. But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, titties. But, uh... (laughs) He had a father. We just went on a big tangent there. Well, we got to talk about how there's boobies. Like, they're out, man. Oh um, but she had a... But he, Dominic had a falling out with the script writer, uh, Scott Rosenberg. Uh, it was so bad that he ended up leaving the project entirely. Scott Rosenberg, if you guys don't know, uh, worked with Nick Cage on a couple other films, such as Con Air, which is amazing. Yes. Um, that's That's... Okay. Uh, most recently, he wrote the screenplay for Jumanji in 2017, the remake. This is really fascinating. Writer Jonathan Hensley and J.J. Abrams. So J.J. Abrams came in, I heard, to help save it, right? Yeah, they stepped in and gave a rewrite. But uh, they didn't even get credit for it, huh? They didn't get yeah. any credit wow. at the end of the movie. I know J.J. Abrams. I mean, he's done you know the Star Trek. He's done Star, uh, Wars. Star Wars. He's done a lot of great things. Uh, Hensley I wasn't really familiar with, but he did Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is probably the best one. The yeah. best one. Yeah. Um, we talked about, you know, Eleanor was going to be a GT40, but again, it, the GT40 is, again, super expensive car, and they needed a fleet of these Eleanors, so it was too expensive to do. We talked about Chip Foose. So again, like what, and I, I'm so surprised you don't know who Chip Foose is, man. That's we pretty, don't restore cars. Like, I don't know why we would know that. Okay, but you don't watch like uh, some of those shows on, what was it? Like, TLC? I'm not going to ask you like a YouTube makeup tutorial person because I know that's not your wheelhouse. Like, I know, but I don't know, maybe. I mean, I should know who Chip Foose is. No, you shouldn't. I feel like you should. I should. I yeah. like to look at old cars that are restored. But anyway, he, he gave the car, like, so the Eleanor we see in the movie, he gave it fender flares, the hood scoop was um, improved, side skirts, again, we talked about the improved bumper with the fog lights, um, the modified tailpiece, but they did everything for the stunt cars using this film. I know we were talking about this earlier as well, 12 Eleanor replicas were made for the movie. Uh, five of them were just fucking completely destroyed. Seven of them survived, right? Seven survived. Yes. So again, I read a couple different things that there were only... Seven made. Yeah, I read that there were only seven. I, that doesn't make sense with this quote. Then why did seven survive? There had to have been more. I think this is according to either IMDb or All Movie. But there was twelve Eleanor replicas, um, and again, seven got destroyed. Nicholas Cage and Jerry Brockheimer kept two. Yes, they so each kept one. Um, I guess Cage is pretty good car enthusiast. He takes us out for a drive here and there, but Jerry Brockheimer has never driven it because he's too afraid of it. Really? Oh, yeah. I own it. I would drive it all the time. But the only true Shelby GT500 was the one that Kip gives to Memphis at the, at the end very of the end of the movie. And I guess it was like in cherry condition, like they perfect. S- they stripped it down to make it look like what it, what it was. They, right? Yeah, I was told, they, or I read that they were, it was Hollywooded up, so they made it look like it was like a piece of shit. But essentially, it was like the only one. I think there was a couple modifications like to the axles and stuff like that, but uh, it was the only true like mint condition. Uh, Shelby GT500 was the one at the end of the movie, which I would have never expected because it looks like garbage. Oh, yeah. Some of the stunts. So we got to talk about the bridge stunt. We got to talk about this. Trash. 
trash. Really? You like this part of the movie? Well, I like it more knowing that it's kind of paying homage to the original. It is. Yeah. But why don't you guys like it? I'm curious. Special effects. It's really cheesy at that. And I mean, this movie is how long? Two hours plus? And it's just like... I feel like this car chase scene, which is obviously necessary for a movie like minutes, 45 minutes, yeah. like, they, like, it's almost like this did not need to be in it. It was just so over the top. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I did not like it. But I, I did read that they had to shut that actual bridge down for a day to do this scene, right? It's the only time they've ever shut this bridge down, yeah, ever. Ever, right, yeah. Cute, I love of, that. A lot of people on Long Beach were upset. <laughs> yeah, because I guess there's obviously a lot Two of... Two ways in, I guess, what they're talking about, this bridge being one of them, they said when they shut it down, it just... Yeah, it's one of the chaos. main arteries, yeah. like to get to Long Beach, and I guess uh, a lot of commuters that you know live in Long Beach were just thoroughly upset. But this bridge was also featured in a couple other movies, so Lethal Weapon Two, To Live and Die in L.A., which I've never seen, City of Angels, you guys oh. were talking about earlier, uh-huh. and then Charlie's Angels. So yeah. just another side note: on August 12, twenty twelve, director Tony Scott committed suicide by jumping off this bridge. What? Yeah, I don't know. Wait, director Tony Scott did. Yes, he That's committed morbid. suicide wow. by jumping off this bridge. Um, so when they were filming this, an accident was staged at both sides of the bridge. They kind of staged this accident. And in the film, you'll see Eleanor speeding up towards the jump, and then it cuts t- through several scenes. The car launching off the ramp. I, I don't mind it because it's real, but then... I don't like the scene when he's actually flying through the air. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what we're saying. It's, it's cheesy and it's, cheesy, it's CGI and it's poorly done. CGI. So and the, remember and the Titans music in the background while he does yeah, it. Yeah, that, that song in the background. Yeah, like, oh. it literally was like watching Remember the Titans when they're about to score that touchdown at the last game they played at. All of a sudden, it's family friendly. Yeah. I, I don't remember that movie that well, but I'm, I'm <laughs> going to take your word for that on, on that one, Erica. But anyway, um, yeah. So they had real cars shooting off the ramp. But then uh, they would like crash into like huge piles of cardboard boxes, I guess. So there was actually shots of the car going off the ramp. Um, there was actually a car that went off a ramp and then landed. So that part is accurate. They have like improved suspension and all kinds of stuff right. on the car. But yeah, the scene, like the actual part where he's like flying through the air, like I watched the behind the scenes of him like filming this and it's just. He's in front of a green screen in a car, he, right? Yeah. And he's just, just like. Simulating like. And they're like, three, two, one, you're in the air. And it's like, he just does these like looks like. <laughs> typical like, cage. And just, yeah, typical yeah. cage <laughs> looks. And it's just like, fuck, this is awful. He's excited to be in the air. Let him look. I guess. I guess. Um, the first Mustang uh, that went off the ramp was destroyed on impact. The second one, again, went into a bunch of like cardboard boxes. And then the fourth car that, you know, did the jump was one of the few that was uh, destroyed on impact. Well, so we talked about all in L.A. That's like real footage of Nicolas Cage driving 300 pounds weight added. Um, The L.A. River one, I read how they filmed that. That's where he supposedly hits the NOS and takes off and somehow flees from helicopters. (laughs) But uh, but I guess what they're simulating, he's supposed to go, what, 150, 160 miles per hour? I think it's, they say like 170 at one point. That day that they were filming, it was really wet down there and they couldn't even get higher than 65. So what they did is they filmed this at 12 frames per second. Am I right on that? This scene, yes, you're right. So you're 12, right. And then they, what they did is they, they sped it up so it looked like that they were traveling at a certain miles per hour. But I think that's why that scene looks so, so shaky yeah. and shit. Like it looks yeah. awful, kind of. I kind of like it. I mean, do you like? You think it's awful? It makes you think that it's going super fast. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind that, you know. 
Um, so, so I did have that. Then they go to the harbor and obviously <laughs> I don't know if they need this in the movie, but this whole scene, um, they used, a um, a bunch of cables to simulate going through the wall with the cop car, the, 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 <laughs> the wrecking boulder, ball. Yeah. There's that, um, the pressurized, I don't even know what it is. Tank. That's, they used that. They actually like shot the tank out of the building mm-hmm. and then it's hard. I mean, they couldn't direct it to where they wanted to. So then they use the other parts of the cables pulling it and all that stuff. I think that was pretty cool though. Like when they show it going through that truck, like the front windshield. Yeah, it was like cool. That's, and that's then they, 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 they CGI'd in the, uh, it bouncing it, off. The, not the bouncing off, but also the fumes that it's, oh, the fumes. Yeah, yeah they yeah. said that, but, but then I, yeah, everything on the bridge you said I had as well. So I just, this is a long car chase scene that I just don't think they needed to do all that, but we'll get into all that in Trash and Treasure. Well, I think in the original, the car chase scene thing was like 40 minutes long. So I mean, wow. that, yeah, oh, I, shit. So I, I didn't, I didn't time this one. It, yeah. yeah. I didn't time this one, but it's, Pretty long. It was at it's least like very 20 long. minutes, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's quite 40, but it's definitely 20. I was the one who said that. It just seems unnaturally long. So I, I feel like we have to talk about the car a little bit, the Eleanor car, just because that's a main focal point of the movie. So I'm just going to give some specs on what a GT500 is. Um, so the 1967 Shelby GT500 was the first model built by Shelby in the 500 range. So they, I don't know if you guys know, but they did a 350 as well. Um, but the five, this is the first 500. I won't get into like too many specs cause I got a lot on the cubic inch of the engine, which is 427. Um, it's a V8. Uh, there's aluminum mid-rise intake. There's all kinds of stuff that they essentially take the original Mustang and make better and or improve the performance of. And like I said, with this one, I really like the look. Of I, this. I think it looks clean. I'm not a big fastback Mustang fan. I'll be honest. I don't like a lot of fastbacks. So do you, Muggs, do you know what I, do you guys know what I mean when I say fastback? I have no idea. Yeah, okay. No so idea. the fastback, it's almost like a hatchback because it okay. goes all the way down. It goes at a slant. If you look at Mustangs from the same era, the same time, um, it, it comes down and then there's a trunk. Okay. So if you look at like Mustangs, we see a, a lot of the times that are older like this, like in the 60s, it, ha- it comes down at yeah. the window, then there's a trunk. With the fastback, it comes down at an angle. Uh, and I don't know. It's aerodynamic. I guess it's more aerodynamic, yeah. And, and like again, Chip Foose. That's Foo's, why it's called the fastback. Look up Chip Foose later. But they uh, <laughs> they do a lot of improvements with the scoops and stuff to like make this even you know better with the scoops and everything like that. Aerodynamic. But, I'm not a big fan, but in this movie, I think this car is beautiful. I don't like uh, yeah. fastbacks either, but I can get behind Eleanor. I can That's get behind a pretty this. pretty car. Do you know what a fastback was? Yes. I feel like an idiot now. My, <laughs> I'm more no shame like in a, that game. I didn't know. Like, I don't know who this chip guy is. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, know who this chip guy is. <laughs> I'm just hell? being honest. I don't, really I don't know. Like I don't know. Ford Mustangs at all, honestly, like the old school ones. I'm more of a Mopar. I, my dream car is a 1968 Charger, so there's that. But um, I do enjoy what Eleanor looks like, and I'm not a fan of like that fastback design. Right. But I don't, whatever they did, it just looks amazing. I think they, did they put like, um, I feel like they put something on her side panel, like her side windows. So on the pillar in the back, there is like scoops on it too. So the A pillar, just in case you guys don't know, is like uh, between the front windshield and the front window on your side. Mm-hmm. Then there's the B pillar, but then there's, I, I'm guessing it's called a C pillar in the back, but that's where you see like scoops that I think, again, Chip Foose, look it up. Uh, put like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is like a, an advertisement for Chip Foose. I'm going to get a Chip Foose like phone case so you can see Chip <laughs> Foose every time you see me. Jesus. But he put scoops on, have, on the back. I think that's what it is. I'm going to have Chip Foose restore my car. 
You should, Holly. He's actually pretty talented. <laughs> no, I think that's why I like it is because it has scoops on it. I don't know. Have you seen one without? Doing the research, yeah, I saw a ton of Mustangs that were the same era, but just not done by Shelby, nor yeah. the person that redid some of these improvements. Uh, <laughs> What's his name again? Chip Foose. How could you ever forget that name? I'm going to name my first offspring Chip Foose. But yeah, anyway, I, I, I don't know. I appreciate how the car looks in this. Yeah, um, So The colors are great, too. Sorry. Yo, the colors, yeah, I think the silver, I like the fog lights. I like... The black stripes. I like the black yeah. stripes. Um... It keeps that muscle car look, but it's definitely like has Clean. this modern edge. Yeah. I, I don't know. We have to talk about this. This is the only remaining or the 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 one actor or credit that was uh, taken from the original. So we got to talk about Eleanor a little bit. So kind of capping out Eleanor. Um, there's one controversy Muggs and I were talking about earlier. After this movie, just sales of the replicas of this car skyrocketed. There's a huge demand for them. Yeah. So, and there's like a weird controversy where, again, uh, Denise, who was Toby's wife, and she was the ex executive producer on the remake, uh, had a copyright for Eleanor's likeness. And she won a court case against Carol Shelby in 2008. Uh, his company, Carol Shelby Enterprises, had a licensing agreement with Unique Performance in Farmers Branch, Texas where his continuation series of the Shelby Mustangs were produced until the company was closed in 2008 due to vehicle identification numbers or VIN numbers, uh, irregularities, and failure to deliver cars to customers. So it looks like she had a copyright of the Eleanor name. They continue to make vehicles, but not only that, but them not shipping cars to customers on time. Um, and then there's oh, like... so it this, wasn't just the name then? That, oh, okay. There wasn't just the name. There's like VIN number irregularities. There's all kinds of stuff that led to the close of this company. And then as of 2014, Classic Recreations of Tulsa, Oklahoma is the licensed manufacturer of the Eleanor replica using the film using the 67 Mustang fastback body shell supplied by a company called Dynacorn Restoration Bodies. So Unicorn, I'm saying. Almost Unicorn, Dynacorn. Um, but yeah, because I, I know we still see Shelby GT500s on the road. I actually saw one, fun fact, um, that Silver Lakes Complex in Norco had a massive car show and there was an Eleanor there that was signed by Nick Cage. That's pretty badass. On the dashboard, yeah, I have a photo of it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> So I know they don't call the Shelby GT500s Eleanor anymore, yeah. but they, Shelby still does Mustangs wow. even now. There was another company too, just side note, called Yanko. Have you guys ever heard of Yanko? No. Yanko did it with Chevy though. So if you've ever seen the great masterpiece that is Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. Uh, there's yeah, a, I have seen that one. There's a... Uh, it's a, ludicrous. There's, there's a... There's, Stop. Stop. I tried, I tried. I was not expecting that from you today. <laughs> you sounded so proud of yourself right now too. I never get a man, man. <laughs> but there, there is a, a Yanko Camaro. So I know this is kind of a little tangent right now, but if you remember the scene where they're trying to win the cars yeah, and like the yellow one, right? No blue. There's a blue Camaro and an orange challenger, I believe. Yeah. And they're racing them and uh, Paul Walker and Tyrese are racing them. But the Camaro, if you look on the seats, there's a big Y. I think there's other letters on the other side, but that's a, it's a Yanko. And Yanko's similar to Shelby. They like redo all these cars. They take an existing car and they improve it and then they, they mass Put their stamp it. on it. Kind of like yeah. what our boy Foose does, right? Well, Foose is, he does. He restores them. <laughs> his stuff is unique. Don't get me started on Foose, man. 
It's Talk not enough. In the disclaimer, you should say every time you hear this name, take a shot and see if you can get through it. Foose, you would be paralyzed by now. <laughs> Why don't you guys check it out? You're like, all right, this guy's pretty cool. I can't yeah. wait right to now. get home and YouTube him. Chip Foose. All right, so I got a couple more things and then we'll, we'll move on. But one thing I want to talk about was the score. What'd you guys think? I enjoyed it. What about you guys? No? Uh, so whatever. Kermit said he hated it. Why do you hate it? I'll talk about it in Trash or Treasure myself. But okay. Yeah. So I didn't know much about the guy that did the score. Yeah, his name is Trevor Rabin. I wouldn't pronounce his name correctly. But he um, used to be in Yes. You remember the band Yes? Hopefully. No. No. Wait, with, that, with an S. <laughs> wait, wait. Yes with an exclamation point? No. Yes. Maga, no, yes. No, the, just the band Y-E-S. Maga's yes. just getting them in today. No? No. Wow. That other band? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're like name shaming right now. It's supposed to be educational. Man. You're just, you're, yeah. Well, outside of yes, you guys know who yes is. Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was with yes from 83. He did some other stuff throughout the 80s. And then um, in 2014, he did another live show with them. Uh, but he's also done film scores for Con Air. Amazing. Armageddon. Amazing. Enemy of the State. Amazing. Deep Blue Sea. Questionable. It's all right. <laughs> Rockstar. I love Rockstar. I don't know about you That's guys. Good, yeah. um, Torque, The Exorcist, The Beginning. A ton of movies. I didn't, I've never heard of this guy, but he. And has, he did Con Air with Trisha Yearwood. We are. That's all you needed to I, say. I, I must have been spacing. Like when I read the name, I was like, I don't know who this guy is. But when I read Con Air, I was like, how do I not know who this guy is? <laughs> but I think we had, to, we had to call him out. And then uh, one fun. F- oh, I have a couple fun facts, actually. My first fun fact I was going to say at the beginning of this podcast in some Greek theaters, did you guys have this? What they no, named the movie? It's called Come in 60 Seconds. Oh yes. my God. Holly and I were literally in bed this morning. And she was like, I wonder if there's a porno that's like based off of this. And we couldn't think of one. And then Come in 60 Seconds. Well, it's C O M E, of course, but it's, it's called oh. Come in 60 Seconds. I thought that was pretty funny. And then we got to talk about the trailer. Yes. So the trailer. It's uh, a big deal. It. I accidentally watched it this morning. You know what? I, I meant to, and I, I totally spaced. I didn't watch it, but it was narrated by a woman named Melissa Disney. Yes. Oh. And the film is widely credited as one of the first major movies to employ a female voiceover. So I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, there's a there's a movie about some like a similar topic, and it's called uh, In a World or whatever. It's fictional, but it's kind of based on like real Hollywood industry stuff, where um, like the voiceover guy, I got air quotes on, he gets sick, so his daughter has to take his place and like voice the trailer. Oh, and there's like a big like controversy because she's like a female voicing right. trailers, all that other shit. Did you watch it this morning? Really? Yeah. So so did I. What did you think? It reminds me of why would you pirate DVDs and all that or buy it? Yeah. It's like the exact same yeah. like. No, I did like it accidentally. Two I, minute, you know. I got it off Amazon Prime. Right. And I was watching it and Eric and I were on a trip. And so all of a sudden it started playing and I was like, what is this? And I thought it was one of those like anti like pirating yeah. things. Like, and I was like, no, I the got this on Amazon fast, Prime. I was yeah. like, why would it, why would it tell me not to pirate movies? I literally just streamed this. I know it wasn't that long ago, but it felt like it was a long ass yeah. time ago. I was just like this is so old school but i kind of loved it but don't pirate dvds kids yes so let's get into our experience holly what was your experience with uh gone in 60 seconds uh so there should be no surprise with all nick cage action movies um this my father originally rented we watched it but unlike con air 
my whole family love this movie, and I continue to love this movie. If it's, on, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. If it's on a plane, I'll watch it. I love this movie. All right, sounds good. You can ask Erica. She was she was with me this morning, and I was just I was saying she was lines quoting it before they even said them. Yeah, oh, I love this movie. movie. So, Erica, what's your experience with this movie? Um, so I saw this movie back when it came out on DVD or whenever you could rent it. And I actually liked it a lot. My dad was one that got it because he loves muscle cars and I just watched it with him and I really enjoyed it for being a, a youngster in 2001. That's all. All right. Uh, my experience with this movie, I know my mom rented it back in the day on VHS. I watched it one time when I was in middle school and that was about it. And then uh, the second time I watched it was for this podcast. So I have not seen it in what, over 15 plus years. So that was the last time I saw it, but uh, I watched it last night up until 1.30 in the morning. I decided to be an idiot and watch it late, but uh, yeah, that's my experience. Jason, what's your experience? So when my dad used to pick my sister and I up, we used to always go to like Cinema Star. It was off Alessandro and yes. Reno Valley. This is one of those movies we saw in theaters. I loved it, but I rewatched it again. I think I was, I must've been in middle school and we lived next to a family and this one guy, his name was Amish. And uh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait, His name was Amish. Or is this like, one of you know, the chip foods things, or, or, or he had an you Amish name? You guys don't know name. Amish. No, his How name dare was. You? Uh, his, he was Indian. Oh. Um, and he, his name was Amish. His sister's name was Catholic. Ekta. Catholic. <laughs> it was. It was Ekta. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry, Catholic. <laughs> it was her, her. His sister's name was Ekta. So they're, they're Indian family. Anyway. He had a Honda Civic SI, and I don't know much about cars, but I had an SI at one point, and it's like the sport end of the Civic, so it costs a little bit more and whatever. But at the beginning of this movie, when Kip steals the Porsche, right. they're at the light, and there's a souped-up, kind of tuned Honda Civic SI. It's a, I think it's like a, either a 99 or 2000 when it, that it was, and they race, and I remember he made me rewatch this scene because he's like, he was so proud of his car, like it was super clean, he kept it like stock, which I don't understand why he kept it stock, but he did. And he's like, which car wins? And so like we had to sit down and he made me watch this scene over and over. The Porsche one. Okay, maybe. I don't think it does, I think the SI wins. I think the SI well, no, is. no, because the driver stopped at this light like a poos, and then like it. Like a foos. Like a chip Like a chip foos? Like a foos. No, he stopped at the light and then he blew past the cops and that's when they found him. Like, well, if you, if you watch the scene again, like you see that there's, you're right, there's a car in the SI's way. It has to go out. Yeah. Whereas Kip just gets to go straight. But it's hard to tell because in like Chip, or sorry, Kip goes right. <laughs> Chip, what are you Kip thinking right I guess, now? I got Chip Boost <laughs> on the mic. Uh, Kip goes straight through the light and the SI stops because he sees the cop. Because of course his car is tuned and he, they're in California and of course all the laws and stuff, like his car's probably illegal. But um, that was like a big deal about this movie. That I love he, that that's the part that he like was like, watch the scene. Well, he had to like prove to me, he's like, dude, like you can tune these cars to go fast and this and that. And I was like, I, I believe you, I need to watch this scene many times, but he made me watch it and he's like, which car wins? And I was like, I said Porsche at first. He's like, no, we need to watch this again. And you need to watch what happens. And I was like, holy fuck. Chill the fuck out, Amish. Yeah, don't We're ask just somebody's opinion. Yeah, I was like, their opinion. Yeah, when you watch it, like the Porsche keeps going. But uh, so I had a fun experience with this. Uh, I've probably seen this movie twenty five plus times. I don't know, kind of like what you were saying, Holly. Like every time it comes on, I gotta watch it because it's amazing. 
but that's my experience. All right, Muggs, uh, what's your experience? I, I saw this in the theaters. This is, I graduated in 2000, this came out right as I was graduating, so I'm having like one last fun summer with friends that I went to high school with. But this is when DVD sales were also just like kind of starting, I think, in like the early 2000s. I remember buying this movie and then watching it with my other close friends like numerous times, and I, I don't know, I just have a lot of, I mean, I've seen this more than once, but but I have not only like an experience of watching it in theaters with a group of people, but I also watched it numerous times. I think it might have been one of the first DVDs I ever bought. So, but yeah, those, that's my experience. So who wins though? Is the SI or is it the Porsche? I, it's hard to, there's no way to see it the way the camera angle is, because I've seen that, you know, but yeah. um, I, it's it's a close race, I'll it, say it, that, you know, race, it's yeah. a close race. So let's get into Trash and Treasure. Holly, what is your Trash and Treasure with this movie? I'll start off with my trash. First one, when Kalitri says, kill him, and then they cart him off to another location. Usually I feel like when you say, like, kill him, it usually happens in the spot. Exactly. Um, when, okay, so when they have the drive-by shooting by Johnny B, who's Master P, fun fact. Um, when they do the drive-by and they let Kip and Memphis run off, like, they're shooting the car and they literally, like, not very swiftly get out of the car and like run away and they're still shooting the car and then that whole subsequent scene I liked I liked it when they finally get to the diner and there's a cop car and they're like punking them but another trash was the logistics of how they got a hook on the front and the back without anybody seeing them I was telling Erica I was like if they were smart criminals they would have somebody come inside the diner and like watch them and like wait for them to leave or wait for them to do something so they couldn't pull something like that um obvious trash is Angelina Jolie's hair oh Horrible. Trash. Awful. Trash. Awful. Trash. I just, I want to add a comment too. Uh, it's pretty bad. Basura. <laughs> basura. Hot basura. Um, when Nick Cage pulls out, and I love Nick Cage's one-liners. You guys know this. I think with all the Nick Cage movies I've been on, with the podcast, you know I love a good Nick, Nick Cage one-liner. Um, but when he pulls on his jacket and he says, I'm a bad man. It got awkward right now. Basura. Yeah. yeah. yeah we all awkward. are feeling the internal awkward. awkwardness. We're all trying to physically make ourselves smaller pulls, to experience less. He pulls that jacket out of the box and he just looks at it and he's like, I'm a bad man. Yeah. No, like, he like drags it out. So it's just like super awkward and he just makes it even more awkward. I'm surprised there wasn't like a bunny in the box. What's in the box? Well, you stopped. Imagine <laughs> if he pulls out a bunny. Um, Detective Drykoff, I know you guys like that actor, but I thought as a character, he was an inconsistent jackass. That's what wow, I wrote down you can be mean. <laughs> right? See what I did there? <laughs> she can be mean, you know? No? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. No, no. So he was just inconsistent. Like, it, sometimes he was, like, the awkward, annoying guy, and then at other times he was, like, driving a lot of, like, the detective work. I don't know. I hated him, and then I was like, oh, that's a solid insight, bud. And then I was like, I hate him again. Like, it was just very back and forth. My final trash was when they leave like 10 grand on the ground and just like walk away. That's exactly what I said. He just threw it in your face and you're going to fucking leave Oh, it when Kalitri does it? Yeah, when he yeah. like throws a 10 grand and they just leave it on the floor. It's like, okay, like he works like, at like a go-kart track. Like I know he's probably not like... Rolling he's going to be down. pretty tapped at that point. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. I was just like, okay. Um, getting into my treasures. I actually really, and you guys are probably going to hate me for saying this, but I really liked the character development of Kalitri. I, liked, I, I, I liked, like Kalitri. I really I do liked like him. knowing his interests. I liked knowing his, his passions. Wood carving skills. I liked that he came to Memphis with facts and figures of how the auto theft crime went down forty seven percent when he left. Like you gotta he knew say his in his business. accent though, real quick. You gotta say it in his accent. He's like forty seven percent. Crimes in Long Beach went down forty seven percent. 
after your retirement. That's what he says. It was terrible. But no, I liked that they actually like gave him some insight. We don't really know his history. We don't really know his past. But like he had a solid thing that you could not like him. Like he was just a bad guy. Yeah. But instead of it being like bad boys where he's just the notorious foreign bad guy or like The Rock. I mean, you kind of had no The Rock was The Rock was solid, but Treasure <laughs> obviously the cars. Oh, cars are beautiful. Oh, dude, the cars they chose for this are just awesome. Yeah. Except that Escalade. Um, the suburban we, looking Escalade. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. That was like um, the first gen, I think, of that, and it just looked trash. Yeah. Small note, I didn't notice this. I've seen this movie hundreds of times, but I've never picked up on this. Um, but the call signs that they had for all units during the night of the boost, I never had seen that before. And I even said that to you of all the times I've seen this movie, I never realized that they did that. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? Like, so you didn't know that they were ladies' names? Is that what you're no, 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 no. The call signs. Like, so they wrote down like the detective shifts and like who's going to be on the PC, like the police radio yeah. scanner. Oh, I oh. never, I never saw that before. I don't know where That's or why. When, um, Castleback walks. That's when Castleback's like it's and going down tonight. They have everybody on shift. Like who's and they doing have the it. El Dorado and he sees a piece of yes, paper. Yeah, yes. never. Oh wow. I okay. never put two and two together. So tonight I was like, wow, that's actually really interesting. I liked the I liked the research that they did for the heist and all the things that they like, all the factors that they put into it. I thought that was really good. Probably one of my favorite lines of the movie: "That you need a role model." That Donnie says to the guy trying to carjack him. The dealership scene where he calls people who drive Ferrari self-indulgent wieners. It's another great one. Two Rogers. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> like it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's like way overacting. Yes, though. it's this one. I saw four of these this morning. I like the character development between Kip and his brother Memphis. Like I liked that. I liked the story that he tells Kip and then Atlee being like, No, he sacrificed all this to give you a better life so you wouldn't get into this and look what you did. Mirror Man, I, I was just looking everywhere to figure out what his name was because I was trying to like find it. He's the short little guy who talks shit to Sphinx the whole time, even though Sphinx is like three times his size. He's yeah. a TJ Cross. Is that his name? That's his, in that's, the movie. That's the actor's name. No, no I oh. get it, but in the movie, what's his character's name? Mirror Man. Mirror that's what they call Mirror. him, Mirror Man. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay, I had no idea that was his name either. Yeah. And then we kind of touched on it earlier. I, I really like Angelina just being like the strong badass woman. Like I said, like connecting their Ferraris and winking at the men and just kind of not being this typical female in cinema. And just, I mean, she didn't dress stereotypically. Like you don't like her overalls. Her shirt at the end was a little bit questionable. And she um, drinks out of the oil can or the gas can, yeah. which is stupid. And the way she took a shot of Jack Daniels and you're like, yeah, how about that drink? I was like, she's a champ. She is, yeah. Finally, the love that Castleback has for Randall, the admiration of like, I, I should have put you away before. I'm well aware of what you're doing. And then he lets him go at the end. The one that, that got away. Cool. The one that got away. And then he let him get away again. <laughs> and that's me. it for me. Fool me once. <laughs> Erica, what is your trash and treasure with this movie? Okay, so my trash, number one, the opening scene where they're stealing the Porsche. Like, where are the cops? Like, you, I'm sure a Porsche dealership has like a silent alarm or something. If you have fancy cars like that, you would think like. But there's alarm going off when they. But like, where are the cops? Like, did they not like come? Porsche dealerships are typically in affluent areas. Yeah, they're not just. I don't know. Have you okay? So have you ever called the cops before? <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, I'm really asking. No, yeah. I'm asking. Have you ever called the cops before? Yeah. We called the How cops does it take on someone? How long does it take for them to get there? So, yeah, it takes a minute, I guess. And but that, still, that's what I, that's what and I this think is of. 60 seconds. Okay. 60 seconds. Gone. Okay, I was just wondering where the hell the cops were because you would think just like a Porsche dealership would have cops surrounding them in case people are trying to boost cars. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe. LBC, um, Long Beach cops. I know, right? Think about it. Why are you reckless in a stolen car? 
trying to race this Honda. I just, I don't understand. You literally used a brick to throw it through a Porsche dealership. That was his tool, Holly. That was his tool. (laughs) He had to grab his tool. All right. And then you're racing cars now in a Porsche that now the cops are in on because it's stolen. Like Holly said, you're just going to leave the $10,000 you threw like on the ground. Awful. Awful. Pick it up. Pick it up. (laughs) Um, Random instrumentals where they don't need to have random instrumentals. For example. You're talking about the music? Yeah. There's just certain scenes where like. Nick Cage playing a saxophone for no reason. It was very, uh, what was that one podcast you guys did where you said that they're just playing music when there shouldn't be music? The Rock. The Rock, Mm. yeah. Um, Angelina's hair. Hate it. Um, I'd be pissed if I had to boost 50 cars in three days and only get $200,000 to split so amongst. They, they broke it down. This is, no one is getting reimbursed, right? They each get, what, $20,000 to do stupid, this? Right? It's like not worth it, man. You're boosting, stupid kip. You're boosting yeah. 50 cars and you have to split this with 20 your crew. Grand what they're getting. And then now you have to split it with even more of the crew because you had to bring your big brother in to help you. Yeah. Well, the worst part is, too, is like when he pulls Eleanor up and he's like, what's the book on her? Like 60, 70, call yeah. it 80. So now they're only getting 120. <laughs> you got to split this how many ways? Yeah. Like, that's awful. For all the years they shaved off their life for the stress. 50 cars in 42 hours. Is that even possible? That's a couple mil. I'm sorry. What? At least a couple million. For what? Like to boost those cars? For 50 fucking Oh, cars. yeah. Especially yeah. the kind well, of cars they were boosting. Cars. Yeah. Yeah. Not 200,000. Um, but yeah, so 42 hours for 50 cars. Is that even possible? But who knows? I thought it was 72 hours. Yeah, it was three, well, when they three days. Start, uh, yeah, when they started oh, when they boosting, started. It, the little screen said 42 hours to Got go. It. Like Holly said, how did Kip get that wire around the front axle and the rear axle and not get caught? And just sneaking around and just hooking shit to cars? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate the low rider scene. Oh, I don't like it's cringeworthy. I it's hate awful. it. Yeah. And, like, and it ends it. it ends so abruptly. Like everybody's just like, the song is on, and then they're just like Let's ride. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And then like Holly was telling me today, she's like Robert Duvall looks so out of place. He's like trying to dance. Yeah, he like does a weird move, huh? He does a weird little shit. He's shimmy. like, all right. And then it's like, that's and it. And Angelina Jolie is the only one that sells that scene. Like Nick Cage himself like can't even salvage it. He just blinks there out to nothing. And it's yeah. like, you got to do something. You got to yeah. do something, man. Yeah. But at least Angelina Jolie's like, kind of like that deep breath. And she's like, all right, we're she's getting She's getting in the zone. You can tell. I'm like, Angelina Jolie. She's ready to boost, bitches. Yes. She's ready. Um, where is the smoke coming from in the Ferrari warehouse? Michael Bay brought his fog machines, let them borrow it. But like, there's just a shit ton of smoke in the warehouse for no reason. It's movie magic. They movie keep them cold. They keep them chilly. How is there no alarm at the police impound? There isn't. You're right. They yeah. literally just break into the impound and steal cars. Well, I think they think that people aren't going to steal from the police impound. I and think that's like security. an implied what? And there's security. Yeah, there's security. There's like, but I'm just surprised there's only one guy working the front desk. Yeah, who's distracted by a Barbie dancing to Brick House. She's a brick. <laughs> um, my last trash is they wrecked Eleanor. They fucked her up. And that the car is scene. so beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was bummed. Every time she crashes, I'm like, oh. I was looking up sales of like replicas of that car, and they've gone for over 200000 I believe that, yeah. Yeah. And some of the other replicas have gone for like, I think 70 between 70 and like $100,000. But there was at some of the auctions, like the Barrett auction, they went over 
$200,000, I think. It's crazy. And this is, this. you may not have the answer to this, but is that like right after the movie came out or is that still currently? I think... Because I think she, the hype would like kind of... Yeah, but Shelby doing anything like that with something so old, yeah. I think it's it's still pretty rare. Like, uh, especially something that's meant in like, um, it's all like manufactured parts. It's like, it hasn't been altered at all. I think that something like that still goes for a lot of, just because it's, it's rare. Because it's like, you got to imagine Ford makes these. Yeah. And then Shelby bought a certain model and redid it. And they did two models, the 350 and the 500, and then they do it. But it's like... It's still like it's not a lot of cars. It's right. it's crazy. But yeah, I've read they they've gone over two hundred thousand. It's it's insane. It's not the Foose model. Oh, the Foose model. We need to Google the how much the Foose model. Yeah, the Foose caboose, the little Foose coupe. Okay, treasure. I love all the cars. I wrote down all my favorite cars. Yeah, the, what's your favorite? I want, I'm curious. Eleanor, because she's beautiful. Gotcha. Like you can't say that's not your favorite car. But the Chevy Nova, that was pretty clean for being a Nova, because I don't know if you've ever seen Novas. They're not really good, Yeah. but they're decent. Um, the 73 Firebird. I forgot her code name, but okay. she was great. The Ford T-Bird. The Hemi Cuda. When Angelina the says, Cuda or was cool. when, he's, when he's like, what kind of person owns this, or what kind of woman owns this car, and she like puts lipstick on, I was like, I would own that car. <laughs> like That car was phenomenal. And then the Roadrunner. I like the Roadrunner with, uh, what's it called? That little like the big spoiler on the back. Yeah, I forgot what that is called. But I think it was a Plymouth Daytona, is what that was. Yeah, that one was cool. That though. was really the blue one, right? It was like super long. Yes. And it has that? Yeah. The, and it had that massive like spoiler. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, you know, huge. I like that one too. Yeah. That one was cool. So those are my favorite cars. I low key love the intro to this movie, that song, and then Holly hit me with a tidbit about Jason's workout regimen. Squats regimen to that song. Well, and Muggs is the one that told me about this, and this is part of my trash and trash. <laughs> okay, yeah, so but welcome. Jason shared it with our company. You're welcome. Right. I so loved it. For the I listeners, did. for the listeners, explain what this song does. So for the it's in the CrossFit industry, but this song you can do a workout with. Primarily, you do it with squats, um, whether it's body weight or you actually. But every time it says "Bring Sally up," bring Sally, you obviously go down and up. Um, I've seen people do it with push-ups and all that stuff or sit-ups. It's difficult, especially with push-ups, but usually you do it as far as squats. It's a good three-minute workout that'll that'll work your... <laughs> your glutes. There you go. It's a it'll good song. Yeah. I was giggling with Holly about this, and this is probably a stupid treasure, but I loved when Nick Cage was just yelling at the children at his go-kart place <laughs> for driving terribly. Oh, yeah. He was just reprimanding every single child there, and they're into it. They're like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know why that's a treasure. He's getting his Bobby Knight on. He is. He's just throwing tires at kids and shit. Um, I loved Will Patton's character. I wrote down Coach Yost because I don't know his name in this movie. Atlee. Atlee, thank you. Um, but I thought his character was really good. Um, he was there. He hovers around. Memphis. Is he a bad guy or is he a exactly. good guy? And you see him do the greater for good to help them yeah. out at the very end. But yeah. Yeah. And he was willing to help out like Memphis and whatnot. So I like that about him. I think that's it. Holly pretty much covered all mine. Yeah. I'm just mad out of 50 cars. They didn't pick Holly as a name. Same. We picked Edna. I know. We literally said that this week. Patrice. There's like a lot of names in there. That Latrice they Mary, or Patrice? Barbara, Lindsay, Bertrice. Laura, Alma, There's Madeline, a... Patricia, Carol, Daniela, Stephanie, Aaron, Lindsay. Pamela, Stacy, Anne, Kate, Vanessa, Denise, Diane, Iris, Nadine, Angela, Rose, Susan, Megan, Tracy, Rachel, Bernadine, Deborah, Gina, Hillary, Kimberly, Dorothy, Donna, 50. Samantha, 
Ellen, Gabriella, Shannon, Jessica, Sharon, Tina, Marsha, Natalie, Virginia, Tanya, Grace, Ashley, Eleanor, Kathy, Lynn, and Lisa. My favorites, oh. Susan. I was thinking of Bernadine. Bernadine. Nadine is cool. Well, no, Bernadine's the 1994 Jaguar XJ220. Yeah, that, oh. that's what I was thinking of, yeah. That's a good name. I was thinking of Bertrice, but Bernadine. Bertrice. Bertrice, like Bertrice. Like Beatrice? Like Beatrice. Bertrice. I thought they said that in that one. Maybe I'm wrong. Beatrice? Oh, my last treasure, Nick Cage. <laughs> there it is. I thought you did a good job, too. No, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, he did a really good job. Memphis Reigns. I liked him. Never rains, but it pours. Uh, my trash and treasure. I'm gonna start with the treasure first. The Rock Wilder by Red Man and Method Man, playing at the beginning where they steal the Porsche. I'm cool with that. DMX? Uh, no, that's well. DMX is in there too. But no, but DMX is when I mean, they're doing the yeah, snake scene. Yeah, but I'm a I'm a Wu Tang Def Squad guy, so I appreciate Method Man and Red Man. Shout out to DMX too, also. Uh, the Crystal Method playing in the background, uh, so you know it's made in the early 2000s. Like that song was in like every movie, like in the late 90s for whatever reason. And then uh, the scene where Castlebeck tells uh, Timothy Oliphant, impound these cars for a month. I don't give a damn if they belong to Tom Cruise. Oh, damn it, Kerwin. Yes, dang it, man. You got my Fuck. Yeah, it's just, like, that. it's just like, show, show Tom Cruise some damn respect. I just like that he was mentioned. And I was yeah. like, fuck, They man. live in a world where they know Tom Cruise. They don't know Nick Cage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's just like our second movie that we've yeah. done where Tom Cruise got mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, um, Nick Cage's bad acting at the car dealership is well acted. Like, he's acting terribly on purpose, yeah. and I think he does sell it when he's at the so car dealership. Good. Getting Castlebeck to blow the heroin away by stepping on the gas is a nice trick. So when Donnie knocks out the other carjacker, when uh, he and Fred believe the garage, I thought that was pretty funny. I thought it was okay. I like that Nick Cage noticed the surveillance van was parked closer this time. That was a good way for Memphis to kind of notice the cops were kind of surveilling him. That was cool, huh? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty smart. I think when I was a kid and I watched it for the first time, I didn't understand why he realized it. And then watching the second time, I was like, oh, shit, the, the van's actually closer. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But it's one of those things he trusted his guy, and that's what he said. If anything feels wrong, Walk back out. Yeah, back I was out. like, at first I thought I was like, oh, it's the same van, and it's parked, like, closer to the street than in the driveway. So I was like, oh, maybe that's why he's, like, weirded out. But it, I didn't realize it was closer. Yeah, it's like yeah. two houses He moved over. two, yeah. Yeah. it was four, five four driveways three. down. Five to three. Yeah. No, it was four, and then it was two. Shout out to young Michael Pena. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Shit, Holmes. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to shout out to him being in this movie. Totally forgot he was in it. Um, when Will Patton is giving Kip that speech about uh, Memphis leaving, I felt like I was watching Remember the Titans again. So I thought it was Coach Yos giving another speech. I feel like every time he talks, he's just dropping like these pearls of knowledge and shit. Yeah. Like, his character only exists to be like Obi Wan Kenobi or some shit like that. So I thought right. that was cool. I would love to see him in a Star Wars movie, by the way. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, I like uh, Sphinx's speech at the end of the movie, but like we talked about, it, it doesn't land because it doesn't happen at a crucial moment of the movie. Although I did like it. I did like the content of it. I just felt like it just doesn't happen at a good enough time for it to be worth it. And uh, with that, I'm getting into my trash. You know, we talked about the 200K, like you're a bad guy, you're a rich ass bad guy threatening to kill people and all you got to offer them is, you know, not even a quarter million. That's pretty whack. 
um, way whack. Yeah, why not just tell the cops that Kalitri is behind the stolen cars? Maybe your brother will get off easy and the cops can just facilitate, you know, the theft of the cars in order to catch him at the very end. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know why you don't just tell them uh, from the beginning because even uh, Castlebeck says, like, oh, I know why you did it. And he has some compassion on top of him, you know, kind of saving yeah. his life. But I feel like this dude already let you off once. Why not just fucking tell him what's happening? They're only talking about doing what, five? Five in prison, right? Five years? Yeah. And like, nickel. Like yeah, he might, nickel. yeah, he might get a year or two, like, if that. So, like, why not just tell Castlebeck right away? Two things we learned when uh, Shy McBride is giving driving lessons to that lady. Uh, Asians can't drive and black people can't swim. Apparently, that's a thing we had to discuss in this movie. Um, why do you put Master P in this movie just to get his ass kicked? It feels like a trend in movies at this time where rappers just show up only for them to, like, be made fools. Yeah. Snoop Dogg in Training Day, Ja Rule in Fast and the Furious. Little fun fact, in Training Day, the famous uh, diner scene where they're across is also where Nick Cage and his mom have a discussion. It's the exact same diner. Oh. Yeah. It's in a couple other movies. I was reading it too, but it's for sure in Gone in Six Seconds and Training Day. It's like, it's in a bunch of movies, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Master P does not need to be in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't need, like that whole storyline doesn't amount to anything. Like if Master P kind of, if they kind of threw it on Master P or if Master P maybe ended up helping him out towards the yeah, end. Yeah, I was hoping for that. Or they stole a car from Master P or yeah. like they stole a car he was going after. I don't know, something, but it's they, they do nothing with it. Yeah, him. he just pops up and says like, hey man, I should have got this job. Instead of, like you said, Jason, like what should have happened is that Nick Cage steals a car from him or his brother steals a car from him. Now you or, have the tension between them. Yeah, or, yeah. They te- or if you're going to just have him come up out of nowhere... Like, have them team up at the end to make it all worth it. So I thought, like, he was a complete waste in this movie. Um, Kip is a fucking idiot. Um, (laughs) He complains about Memphis leaving, and he's not adult enough to realize that, like, hey, your brother didn't just abandon you. He stopped committing crimes. He stopped committing crimes. Like, What about his performance? I thought Kip was probably the shining light in this. I I think he's, and I'll get into my trash treasure, but I I agree with Kerwin. I love. He's annoying. How do you say his name again? Giovanni. Giovanni, Giovanni yeah, I love him as an actor. I think he does great in this movie, but his character is just so annoying. Yeah. Like he just makes every wrong decision. Like really, dude. Like come yeah. on, man. Like you boosted know? a like, Porsche and you're gonna you know go ninety through yeah. the intersection. And like, and that's it because like none of this movie happens if he doesn't race that other right, car. Right. None of this movie happens because they weren't being followed. It's not till he runs through an intersection against that Civic until the cops follow him to his spot. Like if he would have just kept his dick in his pants like he would have been fine but he had to holler at that girl for whatever reason and I feel like his relationship with uh, Memphis isn't really fleshed out I feel like I don't care as an audience member I wish we would have got like flashbacks or more time with them I don't feel like they spent enough time together in this movie to make me care about their brotherly relationship I feel no but I feel like Memphis does a really good job of like protecting his little brother and people know how much like they're willing to show up because Nick Cage it's Nick Cage's little brother but he does nothing to make you like feel a connection with him yeah I care about Nick Cage right I don't care about Kip at all right like I don't care uh, speaking of Kip, uh, his crew is like a bunch of goobers, like fucking Mirror Man just won't shut the hell up. He's always got to have these one-liners, which are fucking annoying sometimes. Sometimes he's funny. Sometimes he's fucking annoying, like when he pulls out the Barbie and he's doing like the Commodores. <laughs> She's a brick. Yeah, like he's singing the Commodores Brick House, and I'm just like, okay, that's kind of weird. Why do you carry a Barbie with you? Um, but I like that they, they like the crew continually makes fun of him. Like you look like a... What is it? A psychedelic Smurf? What do they say? Yeah, yeah like uh, Donnie says that to him. Yeah, and Sphinx just punks him without even saying anything. Like he just like looks at him and he's like, "Well, oh, oh okay." Like, yeah, and then uh, 
like one of the guys in his crew is named Freb. Not Fred. Frep. But f- no, it's Freb with a B. Oh, that's a P. Is that the guy that can yeah. order pizzas? It's a yeah. B. Yeah, it's yeah. Freb with a B. And he steals the heroin car from Chinatown. Yeah. Yes. Like, why? And, and he fucks up even more by doing that. Toby couldn't keep his ass in the damn garage and then he gets shot like an idiot. So I just feel like all of Kip's crew, like Kip sucks, his crew sucks too. And yeah. I get it, but they're all annoying. Um, I thought Nick talking to Eleanor was pretty corny. I wasn't feeling that. I like loved it when he's like, don't do this to me, Eleanor. Don't yeah. do this to me. I thought that was corny. I did that when I was low fuel trying to get through a desert one time on my way back from Tucson, Arizona. I was talking to my car. I was doing the same thing. It resonated. Uh, the lowrider scene, like we all talked about, was super awkward. Uh, it's the year 2000. Why you put in uh, all your car lists on a chalkboard or in blacklight? Just use an Excel sheet. I, was just I don't get it. Excel format. Um, the guy that plays Fuzzy, he's a terrible actor. The guy that they shake up at the dealership or whatever, the Mercedes yeah. dealership for the keys, like his acting is just terrible. Uh, that couple that they see having sex with the windows, yeah. like you're just gonna have these like 20 foot windows and not cover your blinds and you live in like a neighborhood where kids are and shit. I don't get it. Plus, you pull up in a Cuda and you start up a Lambo, like. How do you not hear these that? These things are probably rumbling like crazy. Like, how do you not feel it, hear it, And the something? key to the moment. Let them live. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, let's be real. Like, those two people in that room having sex were probably Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele anyway. <laughs> yes. Well, and the cars are probably Chip Foos, um style. <laughs> yeah, so what was that room they went into? The red room or the whatever? The red room. Yeah, they yeah. were in the red room, so they couldn't hear shit. Um, I'm just having PTSD Soundproof. Right yeah, um... I'm gonna wrap this up, but like uh, the movies, I feel like the movie's too long. Like I feel like I was tapping for sure, out. For like, sure. At an hour and a half, I was like, I need this movie to be over. I feel like uh, the movie's about like 15 or 20 minutes too long. I feel like Nick I feel Cage. Like it's the car chase, though. Yeah, the car chases are overly long. But there's um, a lot of unnecessary points in this movie that yeah, they do like not we talk need about, to be in. Yeah. yeah, we talk about Master P. You know, we don't spend enough time with Kip and Cage. Memphis so it's just like every time we have to listen to Kip bitch and moan about some shit it doesn't mean anything right. we can cut all that out um, Angelina Jolie and Memphis's like relationship they have like zero sexual chemistry in this movie like I, I don't feel any sort of romantic chemistry between them so like their relationship is just not believable to me and we spend so much time with them and their dialogue about what they had or whatever and I just I just don't give a fuck um, the bad guy I don't really care for Kalitri. Um, like his thing is wood all he cares about is fucking wood like Nick Cage is coming here to kill you for trying to kill him and his brother and all you care about is that he doesn't damage the wood furniture like when Nick Cage is about to bang it against the wall he's like no please don't my wood oh please no and I'm just kind of like that's all you got like that's that's your thing just the wood he cares about his business I, I guess but it's just like if you know if you care more about this like stop boosting cars and focus on the wood like you got 50 guys monitoring your cars with guns and shit but you never you didn't hire any like wood contractors to take care of the wood like I don't get why you don't do that shit um, I thought Timothy Oliphant's character was annoying as fuck they didn't care for him he was very inconsistent like you said Holly like sometimes he makes smart comments and smart observations and then other times he's supposed to be like the uh, kind of provide levity you know with his like the fuck up like you're just like ugh yeah and then it's just like he's just not funny so I don't don't really care for him Um, Giovanni Ribisi's uh, facial hair should have been gone the whole time yes because the entire movie he looks older than Nick Cage 
and he doesn't look younger than him until the very end. But I guess there's some visual significance in that because he's finally cleaned up by the end of the movie. Yeah. So I appreciated that. And then, uh, you know, I ended it with my biggest trash. Angelina Jolie's hair, like we all talked about, uh, it's terrible. Um, It looks like she has 23 tampons hanging from her scalp. So I'm done with that. All right, Jason, uh, what is your trash and treasure with this movie? Uh, we kind of talked about this earlier, but I'm going to start with my trash. I have a love-hate relationship with this opening song. <laughs> um, I would show this to me where you do squats to the bring Sally up, bring Sally down, and it is brutal. Uh, we kind of talked about Angelina Jolie's hair. Awful. I found this kind of odd, like when Nick Cage slams his hand down on the bar, like when he's talking to Angelina Jolie's sway, uh, and he's trying to convince her to like help him out or whatever. He's very cool, calm, collected mm-hmm. when he's talking. And all of a sudden, he just slams his hand. Like, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, well, that, that, it, I don't understand why he does that. It's just stupid to me. This part, I don't know if I'm naive, but how do you go to the DMV and request car owners' names and addresses? Yeah, that seems kind of weird, right? Yeah, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you just go to the DMV and say, hey, I want to know where these 50 cars are at? And the names of the owners and the addresses. So how do you do that? Also, why doesn't Toby do that? Like he does it for a couple cars. He does it for the, he the, can hack the exotics. He DMV mainframes and like. Why send that dude to go do that? I don't understand why. I'll be honest. The Ferrari showroom scene. Nick Cage just overacts like a motherfucker. I don't enjoy it. No. It's funny, but I don't enjoy it. I don't. I think it's overacting. Um, Johnny B, I think he's insignificant to this movie. Like he doesn't, he doesn't need to be there. Like it doesn't add anything to the movie. It's f- other than the introduction of Sphinx. If you cut every single scene out, the movie still flows. I think. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. Doesn't. I don't know. Lowrider, the song. Why? Really? <laughs> the finger thing, and then the blank stare with Nick Cage. Oh, it's troubling. I don't. I don't like it. Again, maybe I'm naive, but cops pulling up into random people's driveways to to like stake yes, out Yes, that's what houses. I said. I was like, he's just in some some random person's driveway. If somebody was like parking their van in my driveway. Yeah, and they're like, oh, just go a couple houses down. And it's like, okay, but this is someone's home. This is someone's private property. Like you can't just park wherever the fuck you want. Like right. I, I, how's that possible? The sexy talk between Cage and Jolie in the car. A shifter gets in the way. Yeah, that yeah, whole it's thing. Yeah, worthy. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of Jane's Addiction, and that's the song they play at the very end of the movie. I don't like Jane's Addiction very much. I didn't like that. I don't like that Sphinx spoke. Definitely a trash of mine. Um, and then one thing at the end, before Nick Cage and Angelina Jolie get into the Mustang, what does Nick Cage thank Atlee for? Because he stops, and he goes to Atlee. And he says, like, I know what you did. Thank you for doing that. Is it for Kip? Like, yeah. telling Kip what's going on? Because the movie is, like, I think 118-minute runtime. Yeah. But I think there's between 16 and 19 minutes of deleted scenes. And there's mm. an extended cut. And mm. I don't know if Ali did something else. I don't know if you guys knew, but I don't understand why he thanked him. I is this at the very end of the movie? This is right before. Okay, so Kip and comes to like, the I'm, keys. I'm, I'm, you'll be seeing me around or something. I know what scene you're talking about. I thought it was just because he saved him. Wait, he says thank you at the very end, right? Yeah. Yes. No, when they're at that barbecue. Like okay. He says thank you to Allie. He's like, I know what you did. And I just assumed it's because he's the one when they were like, do you want it in the hot? Do you want it in the head? And he was like, and what? then he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, and he stopped the whole thing and he got kipped there. And then 
I mean, what he really did was like convince Kip or like show Kip that his brother's a good guy and to kind of like galvanize Kip into like saving him and quit being such a fucking bitch the entire movie. And then also, you know, he said he worked for Kalitri. Like he works for Kalitri. So he essentially like betrayed him at the very end of that, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just felt like I, had, I didn't see the deleted scenes, but I feel like there's something in there more. But I don't know. I thought that was weird. My treasure, um, Kip's tool, the brick. Thought it was funny. Uh, the SI scene, loved it. Uh, again, I, I talked about it in my experience. Um, the way the Porsche pulls into the warehouse, it's almost like a commercial for the Porsche. Like the, the way they shoot it, it's so clean. It like pulls up and there's like yeah. water on the ground. It's reflective. It just looks like a commercial for it. Um, I love that Tom Cruise is mentioned. <laughs> talks about inventing the cars. The score, I, I, I enjoyed the score personally. Um, what the hell is Kit making um, Memphis for breakfast? Eggs of some sort, right? Yeah, it looks like garbage, but I thought it was funny. It's salt with salt. a side of eggs. Salt, yeah. And potatoes. I yeah. appreciate that he tried. Uh, I think Detective Castlebeck, I think he did a great job. Donnie and his intro with the driver's ed. With the, oh, that's he, funny. I yeah. thought that was pretty funny. Sphinx's interaction with Johnny blowing up the cars, I think that was like that was funny. Yeah. Like when he, when he did all that, I thought it was pretty good. I like Giovanni. I thought he did a good job. I thought his... I thought he did a good job being the brother that he was supposed I to be. I just hate his character. That's all I'm saying, you know? But I think, I don't know, I, I think he's a good actor. Um, of course, we got, I love the car. Um, the chasing in The Wash, I thought that was pretty cool. And then my last treasure is um, <laughs> just when Kalitri says, one rains is as good as another. It never rains, but it pours. Yeah. That was yep. pretty, it's like my last treasure, but that's right. what I got. All right, Muggs, uh, what's your trash and treasure? I'm just going to go fast because you guys touch on everything. Um, the end chasing, I feel like it was too long. I think they could have ended at the actual river. You know, the, hey, he's yeah. gone. He doesn't need to go through some more stuff on the bridge. Um, I hate Angelina Jolie's hair. Um, going back to Kip's, I, I just think he's a poor character. He's not grateful. He does stupid things. Then he comes back and wants his share when he already messed up. I just, he's really annoying for me. Um, but I do think he's great acting of it. Um, I think that there's a lot of parts in this movie that are not necessarily Master P, whatever, but also the dog eating the keys and then have to get like, I mean, why? Like, it doesn't need to be in there, you know? The way Raymond Cleetry dies, how he's just falling down. I thought the CGI was just god was awful. awful. And I just like, come he on, man. So I hated that. Shot. Okay, yeah. didn't you think that he was going to fall into acid and turn I, into the Joker? I, something, dude. <laughs> it, it, the way he's fallen down. Um, but then I do also hate part of the plots, I think, with characters and all that stuff. But especially at the very, very end, like he keeps saying, I don't want to look like an asshole. Am I an asshole? You know, hey, I need these 50 cars. I need this. You're minutes away from having all 50 cars. He shows up a little late. Like, why are you going to like, hey, we're done. And I, I don't know. I just like, look, just say, hey, all right, thanks. I got everything now. We're good. Everything's done. But no, they like, they didn't do that. So I really, I really hated that part. Um, but going on to my treasure, um, I love the opening scene. I don't know if it's because I do like the song. I mean, whatever. I, it kind of gets you going with that little, like all the pictures they put in for character development, the cheesy way to do it. Um, I love how they show them boosting cars. I just felt like it was too short. Like the whole movie is about car and they, they, they steal all these cars in like five minutes. 
I, I kind of wish I would have seen more of that going on. I don't know if I'm being wrong on that. Um, I do love the cast, though. I think the cast is great. And I, I do love the villain, Raymond Cleetry. His speech. Did you guys like his speech when uh, Nick Cage pulls a gun on him and his and Kip's being, you know, pressed together on that one machine? And he goes, you know, you have three oh, options, God, you know. Yeah. And he ends with, you, know, you, you steal some cars, you make some money, and you go, you be a big... How does he say it in his Good accent? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought the way it would flowed really well. You should that's probably say cool. that, at, like in the accent. We no, I'm not doing oh, that. Oh, come on, man. You guys need to do it. Um, do but it. yeah, you guys are talking about the cars and all that stuff. But the one, one of my favorite, and I, I even use this quote being a math teacher, uh, when Donnie is at the DMV, you know, and she says, what is $100, right? And he goes, $100, you know? And she goes, well, yeah, it's 20 cars, five a car. Would you like a calculator? I, I think that's like the greatest comeback of like the DMV. Thing. What? All oh, the kids, like, like, is this, would you like a calculator? And they get all pissed off, you know? But uh, but yeah, I, I, that's my treasures. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the cars and all that stuff, but just kind of leaving it like what you guys said, we're all on the same page. But yeah, those are my treasures. Let's get into our ticket prices. Uh, Holly, how much would you pay to watch Gone in 60 Seconds? Um, I think in terms of like enjoyability and then like rewatching it again and watching it as many times as they have, I would pay $15 to see Gone in 60 Seconds. Wow, 15 huh? 15 I thought she was going to say 20 I was thinking about it. It was almost 20 I said earlier today I was going to give it 20 And then I realized like the other movie that I gave $20 to and like it's 15 Okay. I'm happy with that. Cool. Erica, how much would you pay? 10 that's it. Right. <laughs> uh, me, I'm hover, I'm literally hovering between five and ten. Honestly, I think the movie's overly long. I don't feel attached to any of the characters. I'm not attached to this movie. Like maybe some of you guys are. I mean, it's cool, but like I've seen better car movies. Not to be a dick or anything, but I would pay five dollars to watch this wow. movie. It just wow. it doesn't impress me. What did you give Conair? Uh, ten, and I wish I gave it fifteen. <laughs> Yeah. And you're giving this five? Yeah, I mean, I'll give it five because, like, it's watchable. It's definitely not a national treasure, trust me. But it's just, like, nothing about this movie, like, impresses me. Nothing about this movie says, like, goddamn, I need to rewind that shit. But most of the time I was rewinding it because I was falling asleep. But I think this movie's good, but it's just, like, if it was playing in a theater, I wouldn't pay ten bucks to watch it. So I'll give it a five. It's not terrible. It's not even bad. It just didn't overly impress me. So I'm going to go with five. Uh, Jason, how much are you paying? So I'm hovering between 10 and 15, but I think I got to go 10. Like I think about Face Off, I think about Con Air, National Treasure, Ghost Rider Vengeance. I'm just City of Angels. I was thinking about that. Uh, City of Angels. But I just think about some of the movies we, we've done, and I think I got to go 10 just because, I don't know, I, I feel like I wanted more from the movie. I, I wanted more of like them boosting the cars. I wanted... I, I like the characters, but I feel like I wanted more, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with ten. All right, Mugga, how much are you paying? I, I so I gave The Rock fifteen, which I'm I'm okay with. I gave Conair five, which I'm definitely okay with, and I feel like this is right in between. I know you're gonna shake your head on the Conair well, yeah, rating. You shouldn't be okay with that. Um, but. I, I think this is not as good as The Rock, but it's definitely better than Conair. I have to give it a ten. Yeah, so. That will give us an average score of $10 that we're paying to watch this movie. We got a lot of $10 this season. Yeah. 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 All right, so we're paying uh, 10 bucks to watch this movie. Uh, anybody got anything they want to see? Yeah, so you're going to ask about the Tom Cruise thing. And I feel like this is the one movie so far that we've done that we can't even ask that because 
Well, he plays himself. It, 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 he says, you know, like, I don't give a damn if these cars belong to Tom Cruise. Oh. So it's like, so Tom Cruise is already in the movie, just not. He exists in the universe. Yeah, he exists as Tom Cruise, so he can't, yeah. he's got to play I the guy Tom that might have, you know, might have, yeah, that might have uh, owned these cars. I mean, he could be Eleanor. Oh, there's that, yeah. <laughs> just Nick, Nick Cage getting a piggyback through Long Beach. He, yeah, he's just, he's like, oh, Eleanor. Yeah. And then, like, when you zoom out, he's like petting Tom Cruise. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he just saddles he, like, him up and just rides him noises. along. You know? Yeah, he just rides Tom Cruise for 45 minutes, you know? <laughs> Cute. What? That's the, that's the, what is it, come in 60 seconds? Come in 60 seconds. Starring Tom Cruise and Nick Cage. <laughs> I can't quit you. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> All right, so we done. Everybody good? Yep. 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 All right, so in the words of Tom Cruise. Fuck you, Sally. There you go. Thanks for listening to this episode of $20 Ticket. Follow us on Instagram at $20 Ticket and leave your ticket price about the movies we've reviewed. If you have any comments or suggestions, send them to $20ticket at gmail.com. That's two zero, the numbers, $20ticket at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, and thank you for listening. Can I interject really quickly? No. I'm okay. just kidding. Yeah, you can. I like scotch. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. scotch. And then in foreign, it was $135 million. Um, foreign, it was... So, a little bit about the director. uh, No! Sorry. Get the fuck over here. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit about the director. No! No! (laughs) I want to know what this guy looks like. Chip Foose. Chip Foose. Chip Foose. Chip Foose. Yeah, Chip Foose looks questionable. Chip (laughs) Foose! Jason's gonna get a, get a dog and name it Chip Foose. If he doesn't, Chip Foose. Who's Chip Foose? Chip Foose. Chip Foose coming in live, ladies. But I love how he was shaming us. Like, you don't know who that is. It's like, never no, heard I actually of it. never Jeez. heard of him. The only Chip I know is in Beauty and the Beast. That's the only <laughs> Chip I know of. Chip Foose. 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 Ch